This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by the Blessed and Bossed Up Society. If you've ever felt alone in your journey and wanted to be around women who get it, women who love God and are about their business, Blessed and Bossed Up Society is for you. This membership community gives you a ton of resources from myself as well as outside experts to help you grow in your faith and your business. To learn more, visit www.blessedandbossedup.com community. Again, that's blessedandbossedup.com community. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because God gave me a very specific word as I was in my prayer time last week for this episode. And I'm actually going to read it word for word. I'm not even going to try to break it down or anything. We'll, of course, discuss it. But I want to make sure that I'm verbatim repeating to you guys what God shared with me for this podcast. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys that I'm going on tour this year. Myself and Kavaya of the She Who Is Called mobile app, we are going on tour. This is called the God Is My CEO Tour. And I am so excited about it because doing a podcast, I'm literally sitting at my kitchen table with my microphone. And so in this podcast, it reaches so many people. And I would just love the opportunity to meet you guys in person, give you a hug. Thank you for your support. Um, Yeah, so we're going to Dallas, Chicago, D.C., and Atlanta. So start saving your coins now, you guys, because you have to be there. This is something that... This is an experience that you just don't want to miss. I think that's the best way to describe it is it's an experience. God has shared with me so much about what's going to happen at this tour. I had a vision um, a couple of days ago of people just at the altar. And it was funny because people were leaving things at the altar, but it wasn't like tangible stuff. It wasn't like let's say money or say sometimes people may leave drugs or cigarettes or things they're trying to surrender at the altar. 
it was every, it was a bunch of people sur- at the altar, but they were surrendering things like daddy issues, strongholds, poverty mindsets. It was just stuff that was I was seeing that wasn't tangible things. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I just vividly saw people leaving things at the altar. And I was just like in awe because I personally still can't believe that God saw fit for just little old me to be used in the manner that he's used me up until this point and also in a manner in which he will use me moving forward. So I'm just excited about this tour. You need to be there to be frank, uh, to, to have this experience that we're cultivating for you guys. Again, we're going to be in Dallas, Chicago, DC, and Atlanta. Um, we have three different t- ticket levels. They'll be going on sale soon. So of course you have the general admission tickets, but we are going to do VIP tickets. So for VIP, you'll have a meet and greet with myself and Kavaya will sign any books that you have. And Kavaya actually reached, uh, recently put out a book, the makings of a godly woman. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And she has a prayer journal as well. I believe it's called Be Still and Know That I'm God. So I'm going to put the link to both of her books in the show notes for you to check out. But for those of you who already have our books and journals, you can bring those and we'll sign them for you. Or, of course, you can get them at the tour and we'll sign them for you with VIP. And then we have a level called Inner Circle, which I'm very excited about because those who get the Inner Circle tickets will actually be able to come to dinner with us. Of course, these tickets are very limited because I don't want to like rent out a whole restaurant. I want to sit at a table, a dinner table, as if I was at home with those people who purchased this level. So Get your coins together. Like I said, y'all, tickets are going on sale very soon. This event will sell out in Jesus' name. So I'm excited to see you guys in person. And yeah, call your call your crew up. Oh, I wanted to say we're going to Dallas, but I noticed on the show statistics and things like that. Our Houston audience is getting a little deep. So Houston, I need y'all to start to carpool together or whatever it is you got to do to get to this tour because I would love to love upon you guys as well. Um, But yeah, uh, in addition to that, before we get into the show, follow me on Periscope, you guys, at Tatum Harrison on Periscope on YouTube. You can search my name, Tatum Tamia. As you guys know, I told you last week I'm doing after shows. So a lot of times after watching a podcast, not watching, after recording a podcast, I still have some things to say, especially after some people may DM me about something or I may have conversations with friends of mine who listen to the show. And I always have like follow up thoughts. And so I, I created the after show for me to be able to kind of get those things out and engage with you guys a little bit more aside from the podcast on Monday. So follow me on Periscope and YouTube. The link to that will be in the show notes. Thank you, everybody, for the birthday wishes. For those who don't know, my birthday was yesterday, February 17th, and it was amazing. Saturday, um, what do we do? Saturday, me and some friends went on a winery tour. We went to three wineries in Virginia. So for you guys that don't know, I want to own a winery one day. That's like my retirement goal. I just want to retire on a winery somewhere and just be a partner in a business where they sell the wine that's on my property and I just chill and relax in the mountains somewhere. Like that's just my goal, <laughs> my one of my life goals. And so going to these wineries and, and not just trying the wines, but just the environment, it was just so relaxing. We had such an amazing time. My awesome husband was our chauffeur. So it was so funny. He's driving us around, opening the doors and everything 
pretending, not pretending, but actually being our chauffeur. So he's awesome. Then I had dinner with my parents and my sister and her boyfriend, of course, my husband uh, yesterday on my birthday. So that was fun. Of course, I went to church on Sunday. I had to start off my birthday in the house of God. And yeah, it was just an amazing birthday. I'm grateful that God saw fit for me to make it to 27. I'm excited for what he's going to do in my life. And I'm just grateful to be honest. Um, so yeah, that's it for a little announcements and recap of what's going on in my life. Let's move on to today's topic. So last week I was in the prayer closet chilling. Um, this was one of those times I was in there a little long. Sometimes I go in there and it's hours. Sometimes I go in there, it might be an hour or less, but this, this was a very intentional time that I spent in my prayer closet last week because I just had some some things to talk to God about and it's funny because I I keep a note uh uh what's it called yeah I keep a little file in my notes on my phone where I write down things I want to talk to God about or if I'm near my prayer journal then I'll crack it open and write down things I want to talk to God about and I'll have like a list so then when I go in my prayer closet I'll I'll um bring this list out and I'll start using it and praying about different things and talking to God about different things so one of the things that was on my list was okay God what do you want me to talk about on the podcast on Monday I don't want to open my mouth and just get to running my mouth about things that I care about, but I want your will to be done and not mine. So God gave me a very specific word and the topic or the title of today's episode is called strength in the struggle. I think this is an excellent follow-up to last week where we talked about being doers. And I'm, and it's so funny because I don't, I listen back to previous podcasts, but I usually forget the things that I say because I try to make sure I'm as surrendered as possible and I allow God to use me. I don't always remember the details unless I listen to the episode back multiple times. So then when I got this word and I went back to listen to last week's episode, I was like, oh, wow, this is the perfect follow up. And so, um, like I said, the title is called Strength in the Struggle. And this is actually, the struggle is the part that stops people from being doers. So a lot of you guys listened to last week's episode and you got excited like, yes, I'm going to be a doer. I'm not going to just be a hearer of the word. I'm going to be a doer of the word. But the struggle is what, what makes a lot of people turn back. And so when I was praying and asking God what he wants me to say on today's episode, he said very specifically, He said, every day is a death to the old life and a decision to follow me. But my people think when things get hard, it's not of me. And that's not true. My word says that my strength is made strong in your weakness. So why get surprised when there are weak moments? That's not the time to quit, but the time to press in. Boldness is a decision. But when boldness challenges comfortability and familiarity is when people start to shrink again. Until my people get comfortable with the discomfort of walking by faith, it'll always be a struggle for them. And I just thought this was so powerful because it was just it was real. And so I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures and then we want to kind of go into this message that I got. So Second Corinthians 12 and nine in the New Living Translation says each time he said, my grace is all you need. 
my power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. John 15, 5, and this is in the, I believe this is in a New Living Translation as well. It says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then Philippians 4, 12 through 13, and this is in a New Living Translation as well. It says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret to living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So this scripture says that I know how to live with almost nothing or with everything. It says this is the secret to living in every situation. This is the secret to living in the struggle. This is the secret you guys, to continuous, continue to being a doer when it seems like all of your actions are in vain. This is the secret to not growing weary and doing the right thing. This is the secret to what happens when you've been praying and fasting and um, diving deep into the word and listening to this podcast and going to church and doing right by people and turning your life around. And it seems like things are getting worse and not better. This is the secret to make sure that you're still in alignment when you've been surrendering your business to God and you're doing everything he told you to do, but it seems like you're still not making any money. This is the secret to when God tells you to shut down your business as it is and change it completely over to whatever he tells you to do. This is the secret. When God tells you to go and move to a place and you don't even know anybody there, you ain't got no family there, you don't know what's going to happen, you don't have no job lined up, you got a child to feed, and you don't know what's going to happen. This is the secret of living in those situations. And the, and the secret is I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And then the last one is Philippians 4, 6, which is one of my favorite. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. I had to give you guys these scriptures because it, I want you, I want to drive home the point of the message that God gave me so that you can understand that struggle, excuse me, so that you can understand that you're not exempt from struggle because you became a doer. Things aren't going to be all peaches and cream because you decided to follow God. It's not. But what it happens is your success is guaranteed. What happens is now you're not limited to what you can do because you can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Now what it means is when you feel weak, when you feel like you've done all you can, that you still have a secret power, which is God's power that works best in your weakness. So I want to drive home this point so y'all can understand because it's a lot of you who go to church. Like I said, you, you're diving into the word. You're learning things for yourself. You're seeking God and you're not seeing a result. Or you may have gotten to a certain level and now you feel like you've hit a brick wall and you don't see a way out. Or you feel like I've surrendered my body to God. I've been celibate. I haven't been dating any, any non-believers. I've been doing all the things and God has, still hasn't sent me my husband. Or I've been con uh, consulting God on behalf of my business. I've been tithing my 10% when I'm not even making a lot. And I still can't seem to break through with my finances. Like, like I said, being a doer 
doesn't guarantee that the struggle won't happen. But what God wants you to know is you have to tap into his strength. There is a, the reason why you're unable to break through the level that, that you, you seem to get so frustrated about is because he wants to show you his strength. Because if you were to break through with it, then that would be a result of something you did. And he can't get the glory for something you did. He has to get the glory for something only he can do. So I'm trying to challenge you to change your perspective. So as you listen to this show, I don't want you to just be the believer who goes to church, who maybe is a doer to a certain extent, but they aren't really pressing into God when things get difficult, that they aren't uh, tapping into the favor that's on our lives. The Bible says that favor surrounds us like a shield. So you don't need to be walking around with a defeatist attitude. You don't need to be walking around hunchback, worried about what's going on. Instead, you need to, let's go back to Philippians 4, 6, not worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. You need to tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So again, don't start being a doer and then revert back to just being a hearer of the word because it's too hard. It's something about this generation where when something gets hard, because we're so used to instant gratification, that when something gets hard, we feel like it's time to stop. I told you this a few episodes ago. Everything that is difficult or hurt sometimes is not always the devil. Sometimes it's God. If he's the power and potter and we're the clay, in order for him to mold us, it hurts. In order for him to stretch us, it hurts. Stretching hurts. If you was to try to bust a split right now and you're not flexible, you will hurt yourself. You will pull something because you haven't been stretched enough to be able to reach that capacity. You haven't stretched enough to be able to sit into a split without hurting yourself. If you try to work out, go straight to the gym and 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 bench press 240, it's not going to work. You're going to hurt yourself because you haven't prepared for that yet. So again, I'm going to keep saying this. Don't revert back. Don't stop being a doer and then revert back because it's a struggle. And your faith will always be tested. And, and speaking of faith, so I started writing my um, second book. So God gave me the title for my book back in December. As you guys know, if you don't and you're new, December is usually a month where God tells me to rest. He tells me not to be trying to do too much, not to try to um, over plan the new year, but to simply rest and trust him. And so that's what I do. I do a lot of fasting. I do a lot of praying. I do a lot of reading the Bible. I don't really plan for the new year. I just wait to hear from God on what's, what is what is it that he needs for me. And so um What happened was in December, God told me the title for my second book. And then he also told me to start writing it at the top of the new year. The top of the new year was like January. I didn't start writing that book until yes, not yesterday, but last week. And this is why when God gave me the title of the book, I'm not going to tell you the title because it's actually really good. But when God gave me the title of the book, I got so excited. I was hyped. One, because I'm like, bet this title is super marketable. It's, it's, this is going to draw people in. This is an excellent title. But then once I sat down, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Like the title wasn't true. And I'm trying to get, tell you, explain it to you without giving you the title. But basically there's a part of the book, um, the part of the title that says something that's not true for my life right now. 
And so because of that, I was like, hold on, God, what you mean start writing this book at the top of the year? That mean this this was December, mind you. I was like, oh, so that must mean that this is going to happen within the next couple of weeks before the new year. So I'm low-key getting excited, not low-key, high-key getting excited because I'm going, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm going to have this amazing testimony about how God did all of this in like a two-week time frame. I'm going to help so many people with this, that, and the other. And then guess what? January happens and it's still not true. So then what am I going to do? Am I going to, as a matter of fact, I could tell you that the word is millionaire. I'm not going to tell you the title, but the word I'm referring to is millionaire. So there's millionaire in the title. And I'm like, God, this isn't true. How am I going to write a book that talks about being a millionaire when I ain't a millionaire? Like, I'm not about to just be writing no fluff. I don't believe in lying to people like, it's not happening. And I'm for sure not about to lie, lie to people and use your name in it. So, like, what's going on? I'm not a millionaire. Why am I writing a book with this type of title? And I was frustrated. And I'm like, and then you mean to tell me that you want me to write this book at the top of the year? So then the top of the year comes, I ain't got the coin to 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 be trying to write a book of this magnitude? Like, what's what's up? And I put it off. And it was easy to put it off because I got married in January. Um, It was very easy to put it off because I had other things going on anyway. But I always kept thinking about this book and kept thinking about this title. And God was like, start writing the book. And I was like, God, I can't write a book that's not true. So in my prayer time, I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll start writing a book. What's the chapters? Obviously, it's some chapters I could write right now because uh, uh, I can't write the one about the million. So God was like, uh, he gave me, he told me to write the introduction and then gave me the first uh, chapter and says, start there, sis. And I was like, cool. So last week, after I finally got all my feelings, I started writing um, the introduction to the book. And so the and so I was like, okay, well, and this is just my process of making sure everything I do is in alignment. I was like, okay, God, well, what do you want to be in this book? Because we know that Tatum ain't really trying to write this joint yet. <laughs> so because I'm being obedient, what do you want? To put the, the words in my head and I will write them out. And I sat there with my little computer, my praise music playing in the background, and I was chilling, waiting, and then I just started writing. And then um, what the what came to be of what I've written so far was I t- it was a lot about faith. And so as I'm talking about faith, I go to look up the definition of faith. So Hebrews 11 and 1 defines faith. As a matter of fact, let me pull it up. Since I'm, I didn't even plan to talk about this. Let me just pull it up right now so I could quote it correctly. So Hebrews 11 and 1 says, faith shows the, shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Now, I've used this example of faith before, but when I was writing this in the book, there were some things that stuck out to me. And remember, last week we talked about um, being a doer, and that was kind of an accountability check for me as well. Like Tatum, God told you to write this book. You need to be a doer and stop waiting until you feel like you qualified to speak on the subject when as long as God told you to do it, that's all the qualifications that you need. Hello, sis. So I um I was like, OK, I can't be telling these people to be a doer and I can't allow God to use me in this way and I not be a product of the stuff that I'm selling. 
So I was like, let me sit down and write this book. And as I was writing about faith, again, I, I get back to the scripture and some words just stuck out to me. So it says faith shows. Faith shows. And this and it and it made me think back to the last week's episode, because by the time I was doing this, it was maybe like Wednesday. So I was mentally way far removed from the podcast. So um, I I went to, of course, Hebrews 11 and 1, but then I, I went back to um, the James scripture about faith without works is dead. And so God reminded me about that, that we talked about on the episode. So then I'm looking at this, this um, definition of faith and saying faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So then I'm going back to James. Okay, faith without works is dead. I'm still looking up faith in the dictionary and different concordances. And um, the dictionary says that faith is a noun. And I was like, faith can't be a noun because faith, the scripture says it shows the, it shows, it shows. That's an action. It said it is the evidence of things we cannot see. So it shows it's the evidence. Okay. 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 It's a noun. Okay. The word is a noun. This is how I'm thinking to myself. Like, okay, the word is a noun, but you got to do something in order for the faith to be activated. Cause in James, it says that faith without works is dead. So what I got from that is I'm writing and, and, and explaining this in the book, but also kind of allowing God to, to explain it to me is that faith has to be activated by you doing something. And so tying that back to the strength and the struggle, the, the title of this podcast, is you got to understand that faith has to be activated by you doing something. So when you face a struggle, ye of little faith, if you're not activating it by pressing into God in that struggle. And I hope I'm explaining this right for y'all to understand Coming against a, a mountain isn't time for you to back down. David defeated Goliath with a pebble and a slingshot. Goliath had on this full armor, suited and booted, and all David had was this slingshot and this pebble. But he trusted God. He'd been prepared by God in the fields, like, but and he defeated Goliath. So for you, whatever giants is in your life, it's not time for you to go back. It's time for you to press in. There's always going to be a struggle. But what is your faith like? You can't call yourself a man or a woman of God and you don't have faith. And you can't say that you have faith if you ain't doing something about it. If my money, if Wells Fargo ain't, ain't showing me these millions, then I need to continue to do what God tells me to do because it's coming. And it's not about the money. It's just about the promise. The key to this is there's there is a promise. God promises, promises us things. And then there is a waiting season. I'm trying to help you navigate the waiting season and not mess yourself up. Uh, Pastor, what is his name? Pastor Mike Todd of Transformation Church. I was watching one of his sermons and he made a really, really good point. And it's funny because a lot of the, the sermons that I've been watching lately have been talking a lot. They've been in Genesis a lot and talking a lot about when God told Abraham to go and leave his family. And I've been talking about that a lot on the podcast. So I'm like, 
man, God, you must really be trying to deal with your people with trust because I'm talking about this. I turn on uh, YouTube and he's talking about this. I turn on to another uh, pass I like to watch and he's talking about this. Like there's obviously something and we're serving the same demographics, right? So there's obviously something that God wants us generation, this uh, millennial generation, this young generation, this ambitious generation. He obviously wants to deal with us about trust, And that's why he has me talking about these things and other people um, talking about these things. But nevertheless, I was watching this video and he made an excellent point about how there was a 20 year time difference between when God told Abraham he would have a son to when Isaac was actually born. And I was like, wow, I never knew the time difference. I mean, we reading through Genesis. We don't know. We went from this chapter, this chapter. We don't know the actual time uh, period unless they tell us. In Genesis, they tell you ages a lot so you could guess. But I never dug deep enough to pay attention to the time frame. So he was saying that it was a 20-year time difference between when God promised him that and then when it happened. And so I was like, wow. How many of us are going to be obedient to God for 20 years? How many of us are really going to wait 20 years on the promises of God? How many of us are going to remain a doer for 20 years? What what you going to do? What you going to do? You got to really ask yourself that. Like, I want y'all to test your faith right now and ask yourself, are you really willing to wait any amount of time for the things that God is promising you? Or are you going to be like, man, forget this. I'm going to go right back to what I was doing before because at least I was making a little bit of money. Like, what's it going to be? And I had to ask myself this. And this is part of the reason why I started writing the book. Because it was like, Tatum, so is your faith contingent on God doing something? Or is your faith that you just want to please God? Which one is it? Because if you put something before him, then it becomes an idol. So I had to check myself. You're going to go write this book because he told you to. It don't matter if it's true or not. If God said it, it will be. So you need to be excited that he says something like that about you as opposed to being a brat because you ain't got it yet. This is how I talk to myself, (laughs) y'all. So to make sure I stay in check. So again, going back to strength in the struggle, this is a time where you have to press in to God. His word says that his strength is made strong in your weaknesses. You're going to be weak. It's easy to take a punch that you know is coming. So I'm telling you, you're going to be weak. Things are going to happen. Following God is not going to be that fun all the time. So let's get these fairy tale um, things out our head for a second and get into real life. And real life is you're going to struggle. But you have the power in the struggle. Because remember, which scripture was it? Philippians 4, 12 through 13 says, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. And actually, let me start from the beginning. It says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned that the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, whether you got food in that fridge or you don't, whether you can afford to go to Whole Foods or you got to go to ShopRite, whether you can afford, it doesn't matter whether you have a, whether it's a full stomach or empty with plenty or little for I can do everything, not some things, not a little bit. 
I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So I want to, to leave you guys with that before we go to, to um, answer questions. I want you to understand the struggle will come, but because you stay connected to God, which was, okay, it was John 15, 5. It says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in, I in them will produce much fruit. So for as long as you remain in God and he remains in you, you will produce much fruit. But apart from him, you can do nothing. So here's the secret to your success. Stay connected to God, period. Here's the secret to overcoming the struggle. Stay connected to God. Here's the secret to make sure that everything you touch is prosperous. Stay connected to God. Be a doer even when it gets hard, even when you're struggling, even when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to be a struggle, but you got to press in to God's strength in the midst of it. So I'm going to go ahead and end there, you guys, um, and then I'm going to come back and answer some questions. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed and Bossed Up Society, the first ever online community that provides you with the tools and resources you need to grow your faith and your business. If you ever felt alone in your journey and wanted to be around women who get it, women who love God and are about their business, then Blessed and Bossed Up Society is for you. Each month, we have a different series topic consisting of two live sessions, one about faith and one about business. We also have weekly prayer calls, devotionals, quarterly challenges, corporate fast, and my favorite, accountability to getting everything done. Each month, we will have expert guests come in to conduct our business masterclass. And I'm bringing in people that you will have to pay over 10 times the price of your membership to even have a conversation with them. Some of our topics include going from employee to full-time entrepreneur, how to diversify your revenue stream so that you're making money in your sleep, how to balance it all without becoming overwhelmed, and so, so, so many more amazing topics. I'm so excited about this community, you guys, because it is exactly what I needed when I felt so lost and stuck in my faith and my business. Registration is open right now. So go to www.blessedandbossedup.com slash community. Again, that's www.blessedandbossedup.com slash community. I hope to see you there. I can't wait to pour into you and help you grow into everything that God has for you. Again, www.blessedandbossedup.com slash community. Let's get back to the show. Okay, let's answer some questions. If you have a question and you want it to be answered on the podcast, you can send me an email, Tatum at TatumTamia.com, or you can DM me at TatumTamia on Instagram. So this question says, I recently turned 23 and I'm coming out of a very toxic and hurtful relationship and I just moved far away from my family to start my career. God has given me a business idea that I know I'm supposed to execute, but I work 13 plus hours per day most days and with everything I've been through, I just feel drained. I've been praying, listening to your podcast and following devotionals, but mentally, emotionally and financially, I'm not where I want to be. How do I fulfill my purpose and excuse me, fulfill my purpose with my business and move on and find happiness after such a detrimental relationship. So first, I want to commend you for getting out of the toxic relationship. I mean, there are a lot of people who would have stayed. 
You know what I'm saying? So congratulations to you for getting out of it and also having the boldness to move away from your family to start your career. I think those are qualities in and of itself that are that are commendable. So I know you're saying that you're drained and all of these things, but I do think that you should give yourself credit for getting to where you are right now because those things are not easy at all. But um, in addition to that, you're not going to be any good for your business, for your job or anything if you're not good for yourself. I always say broken people build broken businesses. And I feel like it's not time to get a new to start a new business it's time to heal and if I was you I would these are the conversations I have with God when I'm in this place that you're describing I would go to God straight up like listen you gave me this business idea you know what I've been through you know that I'm working 13 plus hours a day you know it's a lot going on what do you want from me right now like this is God this is a lot what do you need from me right now? Is this something that, I, that you're just showing me to help me stay the course? Is this something I need to just write down and leave in my prayer journal for right now and revisit it when you tell me to? Or what is it? Because it's like, it's, I feel like you just adding something else to my plate. Like, what, God, what do you need? And honestly, that's a prayer that or a place that a lot of us really need to get to with God. It's a place of being honest. I know we talk, talk about pushing through with the struggle and all of that, but you got to be honest and vulnerable with God. In addition to him being our strength, he's also a, our father. He's also someone for us to just cry out to. He's also someone for us to just be like, God, I need you. You know what I mean? I, and you, you mentioned in here, you were saying that, um, make sure I I quote you correctly. You were like, I've been praying, listening to your podcast and following devotionals. But because you said, but it makes me feel like you're doing the going through the motions, as opposed to truly saying, you know what, God, I'm broken, and I need you to to heal me. And I, I suggest that you get to that place. to where it's like, because with a devotional, honestly, you can go through a devotion. You could read on Monday and maybe talking about, I don't know, tithing or whatever. You could be like, oh, okay, I need to start tithing and then throw it away. You can say, all right, God, thank you for this day. I ask that you just protect me as I go to work today. Keep my mind clear in Jesus' name, amen. And you just go about your day. You could listen to my podcast. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. I'll, I guess I'll do the things Tatum say and then go about your day. It's like one of those things where you're going through the motions, but your heart's not in it. And I, and I feel like your heart isn't in it because you used the word, but you said, but mentally, emotionally, and financially, I'm not where I want to be. So you're listing out these things that are currently overwhelming you. So I highly suggest that you be like, you know what, God, I need you to heal me. I'm broken. I was in this toxic relationship. I thank you for keeping me through this toxic relationship. I thank you for protecting me from my own decisions. I thank you for allowing me to make it to this new city, this new state, wherever you are. I thank you for allowing me to be in this place with this job, starting my career. I thank you, Lord, that I may be far away from my family, but your word says that you are a father to the fatherless. So even though my family's here, I thank you, God, that that because you've had to separate me, that we're able to now communicate with each other freely. What do you need from me? 
I'm only 23 up into this. Most of my life up until this point, I've, I've been connected with my family, my parents or whoever raised me. But now I'm on my own. God, what do you want to make out, out of my life? Who did you see before you formed me in my mother's womb? God, I want your will to be done in my life and not my own. Can you heal me? God, I need you. Like, I, I honestly feel like that's the place you got to get to. Like, it ain't about starting a business and fulfilling the purpose, all that. No, it's about, God, I need you. And allowing God to heal you, to direct you, you falling in love with him. And and in a, and then, uh, I can't talk, and then by doing that, you will fall in love with you and yourself. You'll start to see these things that are draining you. God will start to fill you back up. You'll start to be more confident. Then you'll reach a place where he may tell you, okay, now is the time to start this business. But I honestly feel like you need to get to a place where God is going to heal you before you do anything else. The next question says, hey, Tatum, I've been listening to the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast for a couple of months now. And I had a question. When I pray, my mind continuously goes back to Matthew 6, 33. However, I think I'm struggling with specifics here. I don't feel like God has given me my clear purpose yet. I don't feel like he's spoken directly to me yet about what he wants from me or what the first step even is. With that being said, I'm not fully sure I'm not sure I'm fully grasping what I'm specifically supposed to be seeking while waiting. For example, I did start paying tithes late last year after returning and recommitting to my church home. I felt that tithes was something God wanted me to do as he wants all of us to do. But other than but other than something like that, I'm not sure how I should be seeking the kingdom or what the kingdom even entails. Hopefully this isn't a stupid question and it makes sense to you. Thank you. Okay, so definitely not a stupid question. I think it's a fair question. Whenever we give our life to God or we get to that place where we really want to dive deeper in faith, we always have a lot of questions. I think that's a very natural place for anybody to get to. So never feel like you inquiring more about God is a stupid question. It's never a stupid question. Just wanted to tell you that. So for y'all that don't know, Matthew 6.33, the scripture that she said God keeps taking her back to when she prays, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God, um, and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And you know, what's interesting when I pulled this scripture up, I pulled it up because I wanted to see what was before it and what was after it. And what I found interesting was that you have a lot of questions and this scripture, the, if you start at Matthew six, like 25, it talks about like worrying and having a lot of questions. So Matthew, let's just actually start at 28. Matthew 6, 28, it says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So when I when I talk to you guys about scriptures and words, when you go to Matthew 6, 
33, it starts off by saying, this is in a New Living Translation. It starts off as saying, but. So what that tells me is, because there's a but here, that's something that precedes it. So let me go to read what this is even about, to, to, to dive deeper into what God is telling me. And that's what actually made me read up too, because you have a lot of questions. Like you feel like God hasn't given me my purpose. I don't feel like he's spoken to me about what he wants for me. I don't know what the first step being is. I don't even know if I fully grasp what I'm specifically supposed to be seeking while waiting. Like you have all of these questions, which is natural, but God wants you to know that if you seek him, all of these questions will be answered. All of these things that you want will be given to you, but you have to seek him. Seeking him means fall in love with him. Just like I like to use the example, like just like we want to figure out anything else and we just dive deep into it. We may go on a YouTube rabbit hole, figuring things out and all of that. Do the same thing. Figure I'm not saying go to no YouTube rabbit hole. I'm saying open up your Bible because a lot of people will be talking about God and not using scriptures and not be talking about the same God that you're talking about. But you said you've been listening to this podcast for a couple months. So, you know <laughs> what I mean by that. But um, yeah, seek him. Open up the Bible. Get you a good study Bible. I suggest the uh, New Living Translation Study Bible. Um, it's called the Life Application Bible. That's what it's called. And it's a Bible that I use. It was something that somebody recommended to me. And when I was really trying to figure out what these scriptures said, I got this Bible and it really breaks down everything for me. I would, as I, if I were you, as I'm in church and I'm hearing different scriptures, I would go open up my Bible and read those scriptures with my um, life application Bible so that I can understand a little bit more. Uh, what the pastor was talking about I would if something stands out to me if I'm watching a sermon or listening to a podcast something stands out to me and it just touches me in a certain way and let's say it's a scripture I'm going to go find that scripture so it, it means to seek him it means to seek him in everything not just your purpose or the big picture but God what do you want me to do today because remember, the last scripture, thirty uh, Matthew six thirty four, is therefore don't worry about tomorrow. This is actually one of my favorites too. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So this whole section, twenty five all the way down to thirty four, is pretty much telling you stop worrying, stop worrying. Just continue to see God. Just continue to see what He wants. Just to, to the just continue to position yourself to hear from Him. Just continue to read your Bible. Just continue to worship him, to sit in prayer and listen for his voice. Like, just seek him. You know, it, it seems uh, we like to overcomplicate things or building a relationship with God. It's the same as building a relationship with anybody else. You get to know them. And the way you get to know God is through his word. The way you learn more about the scriptures is through study Bibles and maybe Bible studies and things like that to break the scriptures down. And then you start to, and then you spend time with him. It's how you get to know somebody and learn to love them. You spend time with them. So you sit in his presence. God, what do you, what do you need for me today? God, I was thinking about doing this. What do you think? We can have these conversations with God, you know? So that's what I suggest that you do. Um, but based on you saying that your mind keeps going to this scripture. And when I looked up this scripture and what was around it and not just the 33, it, God wants you to stop worrying and seek him. Stop worrying and just get to know him so he could tell you what it is that he wants from you. So I hope that answers your question. Um, that's going to wrap up.
Yep, we had the 45-minute mark. That's going to wrap up today's episode. I will talk to you guys next week.